Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. With Peter Vlahos for Toolmark. Get the right tool from the start. Sprint up at the 350. Pavitra led by a league. She's extreme. Zenzella, clean air, and then Foxy Cleopatra. It's Pavitra. 200 metres to go. Car draws the whip. She's extreme on the inside coming at her. She's extreme. Grab Pavitra. Queen air. She's extreme coming clear. Three quarters a length Pavitra. And she's extreme for Anthony Cummings. The Cummings name lives on in the Oaks. She's extreme by Serious Princess, Foxy Cleopatra, Albanian icon, Renaissance woman, and Mac Rana at the tail of the field. Yes, uh, a fantastic ride there by Tommy Berry on the favourite She's Extreme. Held off uh, local gun Jamie Carr above Pavrida at Flemington this afternoon. The $2.25 fancy, trained by Anthony Cummings. Of course, he's the son of nine-time Oaks winner and racing legend, the late Bart Cummings. He hit the front with 180 metres to go and was never headed from there. By the way, Queen Air finished third. This is what Anthony had to say post-race. Well, it's very good. I mean, the um, big thing is to keep up the kids. They're <laughs> setting a furious pace, and for an old guy, it's, it's not always simple. Yeah, not always simple, but what a dynasty it is. Bart's father, which is Anthony's grandfather, saluted at the Oaks. And then, of course, as you mentioned, Bart Cummings, nine-time Oaks winner. Now, Anthony's son actually had an Oaks winner last year, being James. And, of course, now Dad, at 65 years of age, Anthony uh, has trained an Oaks winner as well. What a dynasty the Cummings uh, training dynasty has been for many generations, four generations now at Flemington. Just updating what's happening. Pakistan actually getting a bit uh, moving now. Four for 95. Four for 95. And Iftikhar Ahmed, 23. Muhammad Nawaz has just hit the first six in his innings. There were three sixes hit by Muhammad Haris a bit earlier when he made 28. But Muhammad Nawaz has hit a six. He's gone at 28. And Pakistan now are four for 95. And this partnership has yielded close to 50 runs. And getting Pakistan back into the contest after one stage, it looked uh, pretty dangerous at four for 43 and we're currently in the 13th over as there's an appeal for leg before as he goes for the sweep and he's been given i gather there will be a review here but uh, a wicket is being given and and pakistan now are going to possibly review this and on the other side of the break we'll let you go let you know how it goes shamsi the bowler he's completed three overs has one for 21. Nawaz is just walking. 
and maybe they haven't accepted the review. It was plum. As I look at the replay, going down the sweep, yeah, hitting him on the front pad, it would have taken middle and leg. So a very confident Shumsy, and away goes uh, Pakistan's fifth wicket now. Five for 95, we'll take a break. Piper Cleary, in fact, uh, Richard Garcia will join us first, and then we'll speak to Piper Cleary here on Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. into the feet of Garcia. Garcia still going forward here. Richard Garcia, still Garcia, Garcia! It's another for the Tigers, and Richard Garcia, he can't stop scoring goals either. And Hull City have got another. It's seven goals for the season for Garcia. And Watford's promotion hopes are well and truly vanquished now. The Tigers lead by three goals to one on the night. It's all over for Watford. Garcia's the man. Garcia's the man. And he's certainly the man for SEM when it comes to the World Cup. He'll be joining yours truly. We cover uh, uh, quite a number of matches during the World Cup that gets away, uh, gets underway on November the 20th. It's not far away. We're three days into November and it's less than, it's less than three weeks away. Uh, we'll get Richard back. He was online, but he's just dropped off. Uh, he did play for a number of clubs... A Hull City, where he was probably his most successful. He was involved in taking Hull City to the Premier League. He played 114 games for Hull City and he scored uh, about eight goals and you just heard one of them there and uh, we've got Richard back on the line. Uh, Richard, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Peter. Do you remember that goal? Did you hear that goal I just played? No, I didn't. Sorry. Oh, you must have not have been listening. It was. A, oh, I'm going to play it again, Richard. Have a listen to this. Inside, plays it into the feet of Garcia. Garcia still going forward here. Richard Garcia still Garcia. Garcia. It's another for the Tigers. And Richard Garcia. He can't stop scoring goals either. And Hull City have got another. It's seven goals for the season for Garcia. And Watford's promotion hopes are well and truly vanquished now. Tigers lead by three goals to one on the night. It's all over for Watford. Garcia's the man. Garcia's the man. Do you recall that? Yeah, many moons ago, but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. Great time, uh, great experience. It's interesting, you spent a number of years at Hull, and I just found out doing a bit of research, would you believe, uh, Richie, that you were, when you represented Australia at the World Cup in South Africa in 2010, and you're involved in that game against Germany, unfortunately Australia lost 4-0 to the might of Germany in the group stage, you became the first ever Hull City player to play at a World Cup. Did you know that? I did know that. They made a big deal about that. So um, I think they were very proud of that fact. Uh, you know, for a club um, of their size that had probably never played in, in the top league before, and now that they were in the top league, they had international players. So um, they were very pleased with that. What was it like playing in the Premier League with Hull City? Because you were involved uh, with uh, the club's most successful period. Yeah, it was excellent. You know, it was it was a, a, a tough um, a tough road because you know it's always tough coming up out of the championship and uh, you're trying to strengthen the squad and you're trying to um, put your best foot forward. Um, and it's always difficult to compete with uh, the, the the bigger side that have been uh, established um, in the Premier League. So it was a difficult run, but it was a it was a great experience, and I think the club did did very well. When you look back on your career. 
were, from a club football point of view, were they your fondest moments being at Hull City? Uh, yeah, it was excellent. You know, it was it was a, uh, a, a tough. Um, a tough no, look, I had, I had a really great time at, at, at all the clubs that I was at. And, uh, you know, I think West Ham was um, a fantastic experience as well. You know, growing up in a fantastic environment and, and you know, making my debut um, in the Premier League at 18, you know, and, and having um, a little taste of it back in those days as well was, was fantastic because I sort of felt like, you know, I'd grown up there and, and to be able to go through the system was fantastic. You played, of course, at West Ham. You spent a bit of time at Leighton Orient, Colchester, Hull, and then you came back to Australia. But also you spent a season, and I must admit I recalled it just recently, you spent a season in the United States as well, I think with Minnesota. Yeah, look, that was something that I did sort of in the off-season um, to experience it, to, to take a look at um, options out in, in the States. Um, you know, it's, it's a growing growing sport out there and you know the Americans don't do things in halves and, and you can see how their league is going from strength to strength so it was a, it was a great experience as well because you know they have a, a different outtake on, on what football should look like. I've had the privilege of being involved from a media perspective at a couple of World Cups. You've had the honour of being part of the Australian in the green and gold at the 2010 World Cup. For those people that have never been to a World Cup Richard, how can you basically surmise it, uh, the significance of this event and what it means to so many people around the world? I think it's national pride at its um, pinnacle. Uh, you know, just uh, just the fact that everybody is there supporting their nation and, and, and the best of the best are in one place. Um, it's a fantastic tournament and, you know, it really does have that sense of pride. You can tell the guys are, in every team are playing with that pride and the fans are really pulling together for their team and, you know, the, the amount of people that must be watching around the world as well, um, hoping that their, their nation does well in, in the World Cup. So how much pride did you get when you finally pulled on the, the green and gold for Australia and you walked out to take on Germany in that World Cup uh, group match in South Africa? How did you feel? Do you remember your emotions? Uh, look, I, I think I was... Uh, you know, excited and nervous at the same time walking out. Um, but I'm still to this day, the, the greatest moment of my career was hearing the national anthem and hearing the travelling supporting fans um, sing the national anthem uh, on that game against uh, Germany. Uh, you know, obviously it didn't go the way we expected it to go, but uh, Germany were a force to be reckoned with uh, that tournament. You know, they beat uh, England and and, um, and Argentina by similar similar amounts. So, um, the game didn't go according to plan, but that, that was still the highlight of my career, just hearing that national anthem and um, having those goosebumps stand up on mm. the back of your neck. It's amazing for those people like myself who have only broadcast national teams but never been part, you know, locking arms with your teammate, standing to attention and paying respect to the national anthem. Not only the Australian national anthem, but you see it around the world and we'll see it. We saw it here, of course, at the World Cup of Cricket, uh, the T20 World Cup, what it meant to the Indian supporters and the South African supporters here on Sunday night. I was here and you could just sense you had the real feel that it meant so much to these uh, people to support their home country. I gather it does mean something special because... The pinnacle is to play for your country, and you achieve that. As a young boy, a product, of course, born and bred in Perth, was that was always going to be your aim? Uh, definitely. You know, you grow up wanting to put on that green and gold and, and represent the nation and represent, you know, um, all your family and friends that, that, are, that are not with you um, 
at the game. So I think it's it's a tremendous sense of pride that you feel every time you put on that green and gold jersey. Richard, uh, we'll be working together here on SEN to broadcast the World Cup. SEN will broadcast every single game of the World Cup out of Qatar and we'll be doing a, a fair sort of bunch of those sort of games, not just involving Australia, but basically nations, other nations as well. Uh, You're looking forward to it. And what do you expect from this World Cup? Because as we know, Qatar is a bit of a unique outpost where the World Cup is being played. Yeah, not only the outpost, but I think the the timing of it as well. You know, it's going to be interesting to see um, how players are physically, you know, they're, they're midway through their seasons or not even midway through their seasons. So, It'll be interesting to see how players shape up and 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 how teams come together, um, only being halfway through the season. So, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to see seeing something different uh, this World Cup. Yeah, it's interesting. Your Spanish heritage, of course, but you were born here in Perth. Spain won the World Cup in uh, 2010 in South Africa, so you would have been certainly very uh, excited about that. Who do you fancy in this tournament that's coming up, Richard? I definitely feel like uh, the French are always um, evolving and 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 going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. And you know, I think that um, the maturity of some of their players is is growing, and um, they they seem to be the team that are are in their prime. You know, what about Australia? Let's have a look at the Socceroos. As we know, speaking of France, uh, they are in their group. How do you think the Socceroos can fare? And is there enough firepower for them to maybe get what we gather is possibly a win and maybe a draw to get out of that group and get to the knockout stage? Yeah, it's, it's always difficult to, to, to get those points on the board. And, um, you know, they're going to need, you know, as, as in every competition and every team around the world needs a little bit of luck. Um, but at the same time, I think if... If they play with the confidence um, that they have been playing with um, and they keep uh, pushing and they keep fit, you know, I think that's the biggest one is that they keep all their guns fit and, and, and they're able to get everybody that they want on the park. That'll be um, a, a big, big difference for, for the group. Richard, just a couple of final questions. One about the glory. Of course, you're the uh, former Perth Glory coach. Uh, you also played with the club with distinction for a number of seasons because it was your boyhood uh, club. How do you see their current uh, state of affairs? Uh, look, you know, now that the COVID period's over and, it's, and we're back to normal football and normal um, normal seasons, uh, they, they should fare pretty well, you know. Um, going to Sterling, um, that'll also be a, a big advantage. Teams won't want to come across um, the Nullarbor and, and be an NPL ground. And, um, you know, I know they're doing a lot of work to it, but it'll be a huge advantage to Perth Glory playing at, at Sterling. Um, and they've, they've spent a lot of money. You know, they've, uh, they've got the biggest squad in the league with 35 players um, and they've, they've paid for players to leave the club and, and they've brought in a lot of new faces. So, um, you know, they're, they're set up to, to be able to succeed. And I gather it'll take a little bit of time, Richard, to get all these players to gel with each other? Uh, look, they've brought in a lot of experience. So, you know, probably a little bit less time uh, than you, you'd normally do with younger players or um, guys that haven't played with each other too often. But these experienced guys, you know, they, they should be able to, to fit the mould a little bit quicker. But, um, you know, once they get back home and, and uh, they're playing, um, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll get some results on the board. Will they miss Bruno Fornaroli? Uh, you're always going to miss someone like Bruno. Um, you know, goals is important. And if you can't get goals, um, then you don't win games. So, 
depending on, on where they spend the next set of money that they spend, um, you know, that, that's going to be interesting, how much money they spend in January um, and who they bring in. Um, so, you know, the, the, the checkbook's definitely open. So if they spend it wisely and they've got it there to spend, then, then best they spend it. And before we let you go, I see you're still involved in football and you returned to your childhood club where you played uh, junior soccer, uh, Olympic Kingsway. Tell us what you're doing there. Uh, you know, I wasn't really looking to, to go back into football, but, you know, I've got some close links there and uh, some family friends and, you know, wasn't, I'm not doing so much on the park stuff. It's, it's more advising and setting up their junior structure and making sure that they... Um, have the right structure and processes to be able to uh, provide the young talent of WA with a, a pathway and, and help them improve. So um, it's something I'm really passionate about and you know, I feel like I'm giving back to WA football through a, through a junior club. Yeah, and they're back in the NPL, uh, the Green Machine, which is terrific. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, they're, they're a fantastic club with uh, fantastic people in and around it. So I'm, I'm sure... You know, they'll go from strength to strength. All right, Richard, look forward to working you with you during the month of the World Cup. We'll have some late nights, Rich. So uh, I'm sure we'll get through. We'll just have to make sure that uh, if we do not off, we uh, tap each other on the shoulder. But I reckon the games will be very exciting. And I'm looking forward to working with you during SEN uh, coverage of uh, the 2022 World Cup from uh, Qatar. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks, Pete. I look forward to it too. Good on you. Richard Garcia, uh, a very celebrated individual, got to the highs, played in the 2010 World Cup for the Socceroos. Outstanding football, played in the Premier League, as you heard, uh, with Hull City. Uh, even got to an FA Cup final with Hull, actually, and uh, started his international career with West Ham United. All right, we're going to take a, a break, bring you up to date with what's happening in sport, and then we'll speak to Piper Cleary, it's a big, big weekend. I know Hayes and Mardo touched on it during the run home, but there is a big weekend happening at Lilac Hill. I remember those days, the Lilac Hill Festival run by Kevin Gartrell and everybody at the Midland Guildford uh, Cricket Club. They were great days. It's a pity it doesn't happen anymore. But uh, Piper Cleary will join us next here on Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. What a turnaround at the SCG. Uh, Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. We're looking at the World T20 tournament. The latest match is being played under lights at the SCG. Pakistan against South Africa. Four for 43 at one stage were Pakistan. Four for 43. And that was after... That was in the seventh over. But now they have progressed with the run rate at 8.83. They're in the 18th over They've progressed to five for 153. Iftikhar, 47 of 31. And Shabdab is 33 of 15. Iftikhar, they reckon, has hit the biggest six in the tournament. Let's have a listen. Iftikhar, you get the feeling something big is brewing here. Has it come from Battery? Oh! And just describing what he did, the ball was outside off stump and he hasn't pulled it over mid-wicket or hooked it uh, over fine leg. He's basically gone back and cut it over point to one of the short boundaries at the SCG and it's gone way over, like literally 
on the second level of one of the grandstands there. It was massive. A hundred and, was it seven metres or something like that? 106 metres. So it was the biggest six hit so far in the ICC T20 World Cup. Pakistan, 17.4 overs, five for 155. And I reckon that the... And I reckon, as I said, the WBBL per Scorchers will be uh, looking at maybe this, and maybe they can repeat it at Lilac Kill on the weekend as we try to track down that Piper Cleary. Another boundary on the board for Pakistan. No, good piece of fielding there at uh, deep extra cover. But they are progressing. This is an outstanding partnership. They came together at 5 for 95 in the 13th over, and it's now in the 18th over. And they're looking at probably a total of 170, 180 at least Pakistan, which certainly will test the ability of uh, South Africa. All right, uh, let's have a listen. Alistair Clarkson, a lot has been said about what's happening with Hawthorne, and there's been also a bit of a development today as well where it looks like another person that was going to be involved in the investigation into those uh, alleged racism allegations uh, has decided not to come forward. So all of a sudden, the Hawthorne investigation is in jeopardy. A day after one of the women at the centre of the claim slammed the AFL probe and confirmed she would not take part, it appears more alleged victims are preparing to refuse to give evidence. Now, marquee lawyers... That's the company. Managing Director Michael Bradley, who acts for one of the alleged victims, understands at least one other family has said they will not participate while none have yet committed. And as we know, last month, the AFL released the terms of reference for the independent investigation with the goal of wrapping it up by Christmas. But AFL Chief Executive Gillian McLaughlin admitted at the time the league was unsure whether the Indigenous players and their partners who had made the allegations, would take part in the investigation. Meanwhile, North Melbourne coach Alistair Clarkson avowed to strongly defend himself against the accusations which date back to his time at Hawthorne. But he's now at Arden Street and he's looking at, uh, of course, building a uh, good pre-season for next year. We'll feature some of Alistair Clarkson a bit later on. Uh, Piper Cleary now joins us from the Perth Scorchers WBBL side. Piper, thanks for your time. Thank you very much for having me on. I just watched Iftikhar from Pakistan hit a six that went about 106 metres. I reckon uh, you'd go close to that at Lilac Hill maybe on the weekend. Uh, I'm not sure about me. Maybe uh, Soph Divine or Mooney or someone give it, give it a good crack. <laughs> I class you as an all-rounder. You've made a few runs uh, so far this season, uh, taken a few wickets as well. Uh, what's the feeling? Oh, has the side sort of gone off the boil a bit the last two or three matches on the back end of Soph Divine, who maybe has just lost a bit of form? She'll get it back, but in the last two or three games, she probably hasn't been and produced the volume of runs we've come to expect. Yeah, I think obviously like the last few games hasn't quite um, gone how we wanted it to. But I think at the same time, we're, we're actually kind of excited for the fact that we got like a, a gritty win over the Heat um, on Saturday night. And we're kind of, we're still not playing our best career. So I think that's really exciting as a group, um, knowing that we've got a 
got to really start to turn it around now and, and start playing our best cricket. And, um, yeah, hopefully, like, we're obviously halfway through the tournament now, so we've yeah. still got a long way to go. I know. Um, but I know all the girls are really looking forward to And weekend. they're probably looking forward to the weekend because it's a doubleheader, back-to-back games at Lyle Hill there on the banks of the Swan Valley. It's a great setting, isn't it? Oh, it's awesome. The, the way they set it up, real festival feel. Um, heaps of people get down with their, um, their families, bring the dogs down. So um, it's, it's a great couple of days out of Lilac. Bring the dogs down, do they? <laughs> really, um, a real yeah. family atmosphere. As long as they don't do anything on the ground, that's all. Keep them off the, um, off the ground itself. Let's have a look at how you've performed so far. A couple of wickets. Your best is two for eight against the Melbourne Stars. Uh, you just got over the line there at the Wacker. That was a close call as well. But the major wicket takers have been Lily Mills. She's taken 10 wickets so far this season. And Alana King. But it looks like there's a bit of variety in the attack. Yeah, I think that's why we've always been pretty strong, particularly with our bowling. Um, we've got heaps of options, so it's kind of like whoever's, whoever's going well on the day um, kind of takes over. And it's, it's hard to get all your overs in our team because we are so strong. But, um, no, I, th- I think it's pretty handy for folks to have many people she can throw the ball to. Piper, you've been an outstanding stalwart for WA cricket for many years. Of course, playing for the WA women's team, playing for the Perth Scorchers in the WBBL. But there was a couple of years ago where you needed a bit of a break uh, and you came back. Uh, in hindsight, it was a break you needed from uh, playing here? Yeah, exactly. I think um, I was took a year off um, our 50-over competition and um, that was yeah, literally what it was, a, a break. I... I needed to kind of just freshen up uh, mentally. I think I've, I'm only 26, but I've been around for about 11, 12 years. So, um, yeah, the, the break held me in pretty good stead, I think, then coming back into this season. And I, I feel really fresh, both physically and mentally. Yeah, and you took part in the 100, didn't you, while you were over there? Yeah, that was uh, last season, and that was uh, that was awesome to be a part of. That competition is, um, is really exciting, and um, there's a lot of, of great talent that, that goes over there and plays. Um, so it was awesome to learn off it's um, massive. other internationals and locals. It's massive in the UK, isn't it? So it got to a stage now where the 100 is the tournament. And as we've realised, there's an Ashes series coming up with the men next year. And that's all being crammed to make sure there's enough room for the 100. So the 100, when it comes to the women's and the men's competition, has become just uh, solely sought after. Oh, yeah, it, it's awesome. And just going to a few of the games, like even this season, um, they fill up the, the grounds and the atmosphere is, like, just electric in there. So I know, like, the players love playing and um, obviously people love getting down there and watching. How do you compare it to the WBBL, the standard that is? Um, well, obviously I'm probably a bit biased, but I think the WBBL is, is the best um, in the world. I suppose the, the local players um, are a little bit ahead of where their local players are at, at the moment, but I think they're, they're quickly catching up. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to keep improving to to stay ahead of them, I think. Mm. So having a look at the games this weekend, how important do you think it is? You take on, it's it's 1v2 when you take on the Sixers, uh, Elise Perry and Co. They are a formidable combination. This will be a real test, won't it? Oh, yeah, that's it's going to be a massive game for us. Um, I, you know, every game is massive, but this one in particular, like, we're going to have to be on. Um, they've got a pretty... A pretty destructive batting lineup, to be honest. So I think we're going to have to make sure um, we rock up and, and we're ready to play. Mm. What's your record of Lilac Hill? Does how does it play? What sort of wicket and how much is it different to maybe the WACA? 
Yeah, well, it's obviously not as quick as the Waka. Um, but in saying that, like, when we play out there, it's been, it's been pretty true. Um, the outfield is obviously small-ish, so it's generally quite a high-scoring ground. Um, so I think it's just going to have to be really important to, you know, it, you know, it's easy to say, but you just keep the stumps in play and, um, you know, keep keep the change-ups coming and, and hope they um, they hit one down the field of soap. <laughs> we, know, we know that the Perth Scorchers have been the benchmark uh, in the last two or three seasons. Uh, it's, it's been an exceptional team. But when you look at it this year, uh, is it the two that'll do battle on the weekend in the... Is it the first game or the second game? I think it's the first game, isn't it, on Saturday? Uh, is it the six... First game, yep. Yeah, the Sixers and the Scorchers. You'd have to think there's not a lot that separates these two. No, I think, like, we, yeah, we go, you know, head-to-head quite... We're pretty similar, so um, I think it will just literally be who who comes out on top and handles the pressure um, on the day, which, which is exciting. It's why we play, right? Mm. You've played with the Scorchers since, uh, what, 2015-16. How do you look back on your career? You're only 26, but, gee, you've played a lot of cricket. Yeah, I think, obviously, being at the Scorchers from the start, um, yeah, a local player. And, um, like, I I love playing for the Scorchers. I love playing for Western Australia. And um, hopefully I can do that for as long as I can. And I've met a lot of great people along the way. I've, I've... um, you know, evolved, evolved my own cricket and um, learnt off some amazing coaches as well. So, um, no, we I love being over in, in the West, and um, hopefully this season we can um, we can we can go really well both for the Scorchers and for Western yeah. Australia. What about the uh, evolution of women's sport? Can I just broaden it? Of course, we look at the WBBL and I look at uh, the technical abilities of uh, the players like the bowlers and the batsmen in the field. It's exceptional. And then, of course, we've got the the way that Sam Kerr has taken football or soccer to another level and given sort of the women an opportunity of playing overseas. We've got the AFLW, of course, in full force now. What about the evolution of women's sport from, you know, when you started many years ago? Oh, it's, it's amazing. Like, when I first started playing cricket, I didn't even... I didn't watch women because I didn't know it was a thing. So, you know, to come now um, after our games, there's so many boys and girls that are just stoked to see us, want signatures, um, want to talk. Like, it's just, it's just awesome to see. And there's so many opportunities now for girls. Um, in whatever sport, like you've, you've just mentioned, um, those. So I think it's, re- it's really exciting. And it's only going to get better, which um, is really exciting for the future. Good on you, Piper. Thanks for joining us. And life's treating you good. Yeah, everything's uh, going pretty well. Be good after this weekend as well, hopefully with a few wins. Good on you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. And the weather's going to be outstanding, so I reckon there'll be a few people heading to the Swan Valley to make a day out of it, uh, to watch the cricket and maybe sample a couple of uh, bottles of Swan Valley wine as well. Enjoy it, Piper. Thanks for your time. Thanks very much. Okay, Piper Cleary joining us here on uh, Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. Now, let's have a look at the cricket. Great catch. Just been taken. South Africa have picked up a couple of wickets. We're in the final over, and Pakistan eight for 179. So the dominant players in Muhammad Nawaz was dismissed for 28, and Shadab Khan, 52, 22 balls, three fours, and four sixes. Thank you very much. Uh, Nassim and Ralph are now at the crease. Pakistan, 8 for 180, run rate 9.23, and three balls to bowl. Rabada 
His bowling there and see me goes for a hefty swing. Misses everything, hook, line and sinker, and it goes through to the keeper. We'll take a break. On the other side of the break, we'll give you the 20-over total for Pakistan, and we'll just see how South Africa do start that run change. Don't go away. Sports Day with Peter Vlahos for Kia and Toolmart on this Thursday. Yes, they made nine for 185, did Pakistan. Uh, that was a great effort off their 20-overs. And very shortly, uh, South Africa will commence a run chase. A win for South Africa will take them top of their group. Let's update uh, a bit of sport now for tyre power. Buy three and get one free on selected Falcon all-terrain tyres at your local tyre power dealer. Ricky Ponting was sure before the T20 World Cup that David Warner wouldn't just make the most runs for Australia in their title defence. He'd make the most for the tournament. But so far... He's been anything but, but he's only made 11 runs in three innings, Dave Warner. But his struggles are just one element of the World Cup that hasn't gone right for the host, who just haven't played well enough, according to Ricky Ponting. This is what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, you've got to say slim right now, don't you? That they, you know, and the, the worst part about it is they won't know exactly what they have to do. So with the, with the other game being the next the next evening, so you know, first and foremost, they've got to think about the, the best way of winning the game. Um, but then they're probably going to have to do it quite impressively to give themselves a chance to sneak through. So, um, and that's obviously reflect where they are is reflective of you know they'll say the washout games had a bit of an impact on it. Um, but I think everyone knows the, the Aussies probably haven't quite been at their their best right through the tournament so far, and they find themselves in. The the position they are now, but um, you know that, that's that's tournament play as well. It's not the first time these sort of things have happened. It's not the first time that maybe even Australian teams have found themselves in a position going into their last group game where they, they have to do something special to, to make it through. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll wait with bated breath on, on on the injuries. Yeah, we'll hope that, that Aaron's obviously okay and looked like he bounced back to a bit, a bit more like himself the other night against Ireland, which. You know, going into a game against Afghanistan, where one thing we know is they're going to have, if they're going to have to score runs quickly if they bat first or bat second, so they'll, they'll need all their batsmen uh, to go with a really clear mindset and, and positive intent. And, and and if Aaron's able to play somewhere near his best, he can potentially get the boys off to a really good start. Yeah, look, I don't know what his I don't know what his plans are there. Um, it could very well be. You know, he's what is he 35? Been a really a really really good player for Australia for a long time in. Uh, in the, certainly in the white ball games, the 50 over cricket, he's got a great record, and we know that he's just recently retired from that. So, look, it, it could very well be, but if it, if it is, it'd be it'd be a sad way for it to, to end, really. Um, you know, he's had a lot of success playing and captaining um, Australia, and um, if if he if he's not able to get up for the last game and they don't progress, it would be a, a sad way to, to see it all end there. Yeah, and since uh, punter spoke, Cam Green is looking as the likely inclusion for Aaron Finch for tomorrow's crucial. T20 World Cup match against Afghanistan in Adelaide. Now, Finch is currently battling a hamstring injury he picked up in the last game against Ireland. He underwent a fitness test at training today before he was seen sitting with coach Andrew McDonald and selector George Bailey. Now, Green, who was parachuted into the squad as a late replacement for the injured backup keeper, Josh Inglis, now spent over 60 minutes in the nets today. So let's give you an indication that maybe Finch is out and Green is in, possibly. Tim David, by the way, the other West Aussie, who is under an injury cloud, appeared to get through the net session. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, congratulations to Alex Demonor. Uh, let's have a listen. He sent former world number one Daniel Medvedev crashing out of the Paris Masters. 
delivers the biggest victory of his career, the biggest upset of the tournament this week. And Medvedev has told everybody in this arena exactly what he thinks of that, but this is all about Diminor, a fabulous performance. It was such a challenge for him to take on. He had to work incredibly hard, so many long rallies, but he was more than up for it. He has never beaten a top five player. Well, he has now. On his 19th attempt, he manages to get that victory. He beats Daniel Medvedev five in the third. And you heard in the commentary there that uh, Daniel Medvedev wasn't happy with the result. Well, he smashed his racket into the hard court after losing on match point and then walked up to shake hands with uh, the 23-year-old Aussie. It's one of the most significant results for the Demons' career, actually, knocking off a top-five-ranked player for the first time. The world number 25 left the Russian seething as he regained the momentum in the third set and went on to win 6-4, 2-6, 7-5 in the match that stretched two hours and 46 minutes. Just repeating, if you haven't heard the news, at Sydney Jockey... Tommy Berry has saluted before the post after riding Oaks' favourite. She's extreme to victory today in the Oaks as part of the Melbourne Cup Carnival. Of course, that carnival continues on Saturday. Let's have a listen to Alistair Clarkson. He spoke to media today. I mentioned about the Hawthorne investigation, which seems to be going nowhere at the moment because people aren't uh, coming up uh, to give uh, their testimony or evidence on what exactly transpired but Alistair Clarkson spoke more about uh, where he's going with North Melbourne. Well, that's a, a decision that's been made by the by the club and myself. You know, the, the, the minute they are just allegations, and we're uh, we're going to defend ourselves pretty pretty strongly in uh, in the investigation. And um, like anyone in this in this world, um, until the allegations are proven, you should be able to get on and live your life. Yeah, well, we'll work through that with the, with the AFL investigation. But um, you know, all, all all we do know is that there's been three or four clubs in the competition over the last um, over the last 20 years that have been really, really strong clubs, uh, really, really successful clubs, and those clubs have all had magnificent cultures, and Hawthorne's been one of those. So um, I'd, be, uh, I'd be very, very surprised if we weren't able to put a, a really, really strong case forward that, um, that, these, uh, that these allegations um, have been reported in a different way than we saw them when we were at the club. Chris, was, Jason, myself have gone through a tough, tough four weeks without a doubt, but um, we're pleased that the, the terms of reference are, have been stamped by the AFL and um, we just await for uh, information from the AFL when all, all that will commence. But, um, yeah, looking forward to, to the, the chance to contribute to that and, um, in the meantime, get on with what we need to do here. Yeah, well, I suppose the advantage for Chris and I is we've been around the game for a long period of time, so it's just a matter, a matter of compartmentalising things and... Yeah, obviously the, the investigation will take our, our most significant priority over the over the course of the next you know five or six weeks or however long it takes. And in the meantime, we've got a really good team of people. I mean, they've uh, they've they've worked pretty pretty well without me the last four or five weeks. So I'm sure they'll do the same. I'll I'll just come in and out of the program and see fit. But the the number one priority will be to contribute to that investigation. There you go, Alistair Clarkson, on where it sits uh, at this point in time. The investigation, another family deciding not to testify. By the way, just show your support of Mac Happy Day. It's coming up by purchasing a pair of silly socks from Mac. It's for only $5. Money raised will go towards Ronald McDonald House Charities as they continue to help seriously ill or injured children and their families. 
Of course, the Wildcats in action tonight against the Jack Jumpers. And you can get behind the Perth Wildcats this season by heading to tickertech.com.au. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Heater. That's been the program on this Thursday. I'll be back on Saturday morning with Ashley Nelson. We're on the Ladbrokes Lounge between 9 and 11. Look forward to your company then and, of course, then returning on Monday for Sports Day. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.